Good morning. This is Brad Furlan from Off Viewpoint, WDEV. I'm your Monday host, uh, Pat uh, and Kevin, later in the week, but uh, we're, we get to start the week, and I'm... I'm glad, think, grateful for the listeners. Uh, we can't do radio without you. Uh, hey, do 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 rain <laughs> happened again. Uh, what a surprise. The weekend for me, uh, sheep, uh, we are always tending to our sheep, but I had quarter, quarter and a half of firewood to stack and it was out right in the front yard and uh, I'd go in and have coffee to see if maybe it would start stacking but I'd come out and it was still there and so it's just a log by log kind of thing and I uh, put music on and it's the kind of thing that if you look at the whole pile uh, it seems ominous but if you if you do log by log it eventually gets you there and uh, so it's all stacked and ready for the for the winter which I'm sure is coming we have a great show today. I'm so excited about uh, my guests. Uh, my first guests we'll be talking to in a, a minute. Uh, Katja D'Angelo is the owner of Bridgeside Books right here in Waterbury. And uh, it's an amazing store. Uh, it's, you could spend hours in there and uh, journey around the world and uh, adventure and, and all of that. So we'll and then we're gonna we're gonna delve into Katja's life and how she came to be an owner of a bookstore. So we're very nosy here at WDEV, and we're gonna have some fun. In the second half of the show, Jason Barney, who's been on with me, he's a history teacher at Missisquoi Valley. Uh, he has uh, he's Vermont History Teacher of the Year. We're gonna talk about that. But he and uh, James Levy are going to be bringing us up to speed about a incident in St. Albans in Franklin County 50 years ago where a, a, a detective, Paul Lawrence, started arresting uh, uh, people in St. Albans on drugs that he was buying drugs from allegedly. And he uh, used, he did false testimony and uh, it's quite a story in it really ruined a lot of people's lives for a long time, but they will uh, fill us in on how that transpired, and we'll talk about mocking justice. So I want to welcome uh, Katja to the show. Hello. And you're really, you're more of a veteran here at WDEV than I am. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've done a couple shows with Rick, uh, book shows and whatnot, so that was fun. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the... Uh, you started um, businesses uh, early on in life. Um, yes. Well, we got to Vermont, and I was uh, working at a travel operator, adventure tourism, hiking, biking, um, kayaking, all sorts of stuff. And it was hugely fun. I loved my team, uh, but it's always fun to have your own thing, too. So... We were walking around town, and I'm like, boy, there's no place to get ice cream in the village. And that sparked an idea. So I started a business called The Utter Guys, which was an ice cream tricycle. (laughs) (laughs) And I operated just between Memorial Day and Labor Day. Um, I sat out in front of the the Rez restaurant with um, Mark Fryer, the owner's permission, 
I started scooping at the Rotary concerts um, on Thursday nights in the summer. And then on Sundays, I would go up to the gazebo in the in Waterbury Center. And there was another small ice cream maker in town, but you did okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just just a little guy up the road. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, it was it, it really wasn't any kind of competition. <laughs> But it's so great to have something like that. And I, I recall, if maybe you remember her or not, uh, there was a hot dog lady on Church Street that was quite famous for years and doing her car, and everybody knew her. And she had hair that was about four feet tall. <laughs> and a very interesting. Um, it's it probably good that you had a... Uh, uh, the boundless journey exercise when you're doing ice cream as well, right? Yes, true. <laughs> I did get to go on some trips, um, some hiking trips around the world, which was pretty fantastic. Uh, and then I did the the other guys for five years and overlapped two of those years with the bookstore. And it was just, it was a little much. So I sold it last year. Did you have um, influences on business earlier on or... Um, not really. I thought about a couple of businesses over the years. Uh, I tried to start a, uh, an onion jam business with a uh-huh. recipe that I learned in Italy. Is that a, like, not for dating exactly? <laughs> Definitely not. Um, you pair it with cheese and it's really delicious okay. actually. But, yeah. uh, the regulations for food stuff is just extraordinary um, for good reason, uh, but it was more than I wanted to really pursue. So I put that on the back burner. Yeah. But <laughs> business is not easy, uh, as you probably know, because you've been you've been doing it for a while. Were there were there mentors in the sort of guiding you? No, no, I really didn't know any business owners growing up. I mean, Kind of peripherally, yeah, but yeah. not no one close to me. Um, my husband got his MBA a few years ago, and he had always wanted to start a business. And then, oops, I did it instead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I did go to uh, SCORE, which is the small business um, like mentoring arm, so small business owners can sign up to mentor new entrepreneurs. And... Um, Center for Women and Enterprise, that's another arm of the SBA. And so I went to them and um, spoke with their uh, advisors. So that was definitely helpful. Yeah, I forget about SCORE. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of like retirees who have done it and pass it on. Yep. And they try and match a mentor that they have on their roster with the industry that you're in, if possible. Yeah. You know, there's plenty of business acumen that uh, transfers industries, but it's always helpful if you can have someone who understands the specifics of what you're doing. It's uh, it's a really nice gift to be able to pass those things along. Uh, so I'm sure that's helpful. What about, I mean, you're now in the, um, in the book business. Were you uh, a reader from early on or... Oh, yes, yeah. 100%. I was the kid at recess that sat on the side with the book. Uh-huh. <laughs> that my teachers used to be like, go play. Uh, yeah. 
So, yeah, that was me. <laughs> and what were some of the favorites? Oh, goodness. Uh, Phantom Tollbooth by oh, Norton Jester. I love that book. Yep. That's a classic. <laughs> love it. Milo. Uh, yep. Um, you know, don't waste time because talk will get angry. And, oh, the Boxcar Children. Um, the Egypt Game. I don't know if you know that one. That is a – I was fascinated with Egypt when I was, like, in third grade. Hmm. I thought I wanted to be an Egyptologist for – years afterwards it's very common for kids <laughs> totally 100 <laughs> percent. and this book is about a group of kids who discover um something hidden away and it has magical powers and it transports them to ancient egypt so that was i read that two or three times wow <laughs> we are talking with kacha d'angelo who is the owner of the Bridgeside Books, a beautiful store uh, here on Stowe Street that is filled with adventure and uh, warmth and happiness. Uh, <laughs> that kind of store. So this is a dreary Monday, you know. This is a good place to venture to. So early books, early reading. Um, what am I going to do? I still ask myself this. What am I going to do when I grow up? But did you ever think in your wildest dreams you would own a bookstore? No. <laughs> and that surprises a lot of people because there are a ton of bookstore owners that this was their dream and goal for years and years and years. Uh, it was maybe something that passed through my brain at one point, like, oh, that'd be kind of cool, but never seriously thought about it. I went to school for architecture, then I got into marketing, and it was not in the cards at all. And then COVID changed a lot of stuff. And suddenly the opportunity came about and I decided to go for it. Yeah. And is it, uh, was it smooth to, to buy a bookstore or how's it work? It was challenging okay. at the beginning. Yeah. Um, I mean, the logistics of buying a business, that was easy. The lawyers did what they needed to do. The previous owner was great. She taught me a lot. But we only had so much time. And anytime you're learning a new industry or a new business, there's just so much that you can't possibly think to ask whoever is training you. Yeah. So a lot of it was trial by fire. And with the changing recommendations and sentiments and everything about COVID, that was also something to navigate. But now I'm heading into my fourth year and I feel like I have it pretty well nailed down. I'm feeling good. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's, it appears that way. Um, certainly. So how long was it that you had the store before COVID happened? I bought it in COVID. In COVID. Yeah, October 2020. You're braver than we all knew. <laughs> Let's see, what should I do today? Let's buy a brick and mortar store where no one can shop inside. Um, you know, my husband and I had multiple conversations about it. And what we ultimately concluded was that the pandemic was going to end some way, shape or form. It was either going to be that this was all how we were going to live and we would learn to navigate a brave new world. But um, the other alternatives was that vaccines would come out and we'd eventually be able to go back to what we knew before or close to. 
So either way, the fact that Bridgeside had been really rooted in the community for 10 years and we had a huge support network and we live here too, so we know the community, we just felt that it was a solid business and um, part of the fabric of Waterbury. And we talked off air, uh, people still read. They do, yes. Uh, I would say at least once or twice a week, I get someone that comes into the store and says, oh, people just don't read these days. And I am here to tell everybody that it's definitely not the case. <laughs> we would not be in business if people didn't read. And actually, in fact, um, the last three or four years, there have been something like 300 new bookstores that have opened across the country, most of them women-owned and um, or BIPOC-owned, which is really fantastic. That's amazing, yeah. And how many uh, titles do you have in a small, you know, not small, but in a in a local bookstore? Any at any given day, we have between thirty five hundred and four thousand. Wow! It doesn't seem that way, but there's a lot of books in there. Yeah, and what what's sort of the logistics of that? Do you new books come out, and and you, you, so you're studying at a computer, and so we get the next season's book catalogs all digitally about five to seven months in advance. So I'm just wrapping up all of my ordering for pretty much January through May books. Wow. Yep. So I order things in advance. That's the chunk of my book ordering. And then I keep tabs on the news and what's happening with, you know, well-known people and current events and whatnot, or books that, I might not have brought in, but they suddenly start to bubble up and people hear about them. And then, you know, I can order things on the fly. Yeah. And how do you know to buy 40 books or three or 70? Or <laughs> oh, that is such a great question. It is a shot in the dark most of the time. Yeah. Um, I do get some advanced information from the publishers, like if someone has an NPR interview, for example, like what the media is going to be. And if I know that that's something my audience listens to or watches, then I might bring a few extra copies in. I get a lot of people that um, come in and say, oh, did you hear that fresh air, fresh air interview on NPR? And sure enough, that's yeah. like, so. Well, we get prompted in so many ways nowadays mm -hmm. that, um, in fact, Last week, I came into your store and I bought this Emily Post etiquette book, which I thought, she's got some old books here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Centennial out? Edition. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about this book? Yeah. So um, many people may know Emily Post uh, or the name. They, uh, She was a um, New York kind of socialite that wrote this book on etiquette 100 years ago or 101 this year. Her great-great-grandchildren live in Vermont, and um, they came into the store one day and said, hey, we're local authors. We, very humbly, I should say, because I did not know Emily Post had any relation to Vermont. So they come in and say, we're having a new centennial edition of this book coming out. We'd love to be able to do signed copies through you guys. What does that look like? And I said, sure, yeah, we can totally do that. Not realizing that they have an audience of several 
you know, like 100,000 people. They have a podcast. They have a great social media presence. It's, yeah. And I'm so like, yeah, well, you know, I'll bring in like a couple dozen and we'll get started. And, and Dan um, <laughs> post-sending says to me, yeah, we're, you know, we think maybe like 200 people might want to order this. And I'm, oh, okay, that's more than I thought. Great. We are currently, after a year, up to, if we haven't surpassed it over this weekend, we're pretty close to it, 900 copies sold from our little bookstore in Waterbury, Vermont, shipped to all 50 states, Puerto Rico, and Dubai. That's very amazing. And the book is Emily Post's Etiquette, the Centennial Edition. Uh, if you feel like you're socially awkward or need a little <laughs> guidance in life, who isn't? Uh, the book's here, and it, it's quite impressive. The uh, so You made me think of something with uh, ordering and all that, uh, but I forgot what it was. <laughs> Um, so you've got we're going to we're going to be talking about um, a lot of events, but we also want to acknowledge that da, 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 Vermont Business Magazine Rising Star for 2023, Katja D'Angelo. Yay. <laughs> so that's cool. It is. Yeah. Um, a friend of mine nominated me, which was really sweet. And they had something like 130 nominations, and they pick 40, which was an honor. Unfortunately, I will actually not be in town for their award ceremony and dinner, which is a huge bummer, but, uh, yeah. you know, such is life. And what do they look at? What's the... The, let's see. Oh, gosh. The questionnaire that I fill out was like a job interview. <laughs> <laughs> Which is good. It is. Yeah. No, they're, they're very thorough. Um, what you've done in the community, whether it's business, volunteer, they ideally want to see both. Um, any community projects you've been in, what, if you've, you know, worked with town government, if you've, um, if you own a business or work for, a, you know, a business in the town, um, they asked me all sorts of things like if I had unlimited resources, what organizations would I support? Like things like that. Wow. Yeah. So they, they really just look at kind of what you've done in your time in Vermont, whether you were born and raised here or you're a transplant like myself and go from there. And this was all all written. There was no oral interview kind of thing. Yeah. Just, all digital. Yeah. Well, good thing you're. Literate. Yes, true. <laughs> <laughs> Always helps. And you you mentioned uh, coming from out of state. And over the, the past year, I've really tried to interview um, people who have come to Vermont and they've been attracted to Vermont. And how'd that work for you? We kept coming up here to visit friends and drive around and eat food. <laughs> And we came to uh, the Vermont Cheese Festival at Shelburne Farms one year. It was the most perfect summer day, light breeze off the lake. We were totally drunk on cheese and, and a little wine. And uh, we just thought, boy, we should live here. And we made a plan. We said, all right, in the next year, we will save up money. We will look for jobs um, and see what we can find if we don't find anything We'll just move with the savings that we have. And my husband found a job first, and that brought us up here eight, nine, something, eight yeah. years ago. And has Vermont 
met or exceeded your expectations? Oh, hugely exceeded. Yeah. Yes. I had never really felt a part of a community before, even in the town I grew up in, which was relatively small, 25,000 people. Um, I, you know, we immediately met our neighbors. We immediately started, you know, becoming friends with the bartenders in town and the servers and the, you know, spa. Um, <laughs> every Everyone was just very welcoming. And we were grateful to have settled in Waterbury, which is a just fantastic community. Yeah. And really, it's I, I have mentioned on air, I came to Waterbury as a little kid because my grandparents, my grandfather was a psychiatrist at the hospital. So they lived right on the on the hospital grounds. Mm-hmm. So I knew Waterbury from the old days. In fact, all my comic books came from the pharmacy that was over here. And mm-hmm. I was that was part of my reading uh, journey. That counts. <laughs> What's that? Yeah. That counts. Yeah. Everything counts, (laughs) Mm -hmm. right? Uh, However you you can grab somebody, go for it, right? Uh, So we're talking with uh, the owner of Bridgeside Books here in Waterbury, right here on Stowe Street, and uh, Katja D'Angelo. If you want to join our conversation, if you've got a like a favorite book, uh, you pick something up at her store that you love, give us a call, 802-244-1777. And there are a ton of events coming up. And uh, you were so busy at first, you didn't think you could come on the show, but there are so many things to talk about that you came on the show. <laughs> There's nothing like some spontaneity. You came in, what, Thursday? Right. I think, and I said, let's do this Monday. Yeah. Let's slide it in. Go for it. Uh, So this past weekend, we had Spooky Tales. Uh, That is... Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, We had Spooky Tales. That is a storytelling theatrical event. We have two actors read original stories submitted by local writers. And we sold out both nights. This is the second year that we've done it. And it was fantastic, I have to say. That is uh, amazing, and um, I can't remember Archer Mayer not part of that. Uh, no, he actually, I believe, has retired from writing. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. We are talking this morning with uh, Katja D'Angelo. She is the owner of Bridgeside Books in right here um, on Stowe Street by the bridge, obviously, and uh, it's a wonderful store, uh, and so. The bookstore becomes part of the community. It does, and that's really what independent bookstores, one of our goals is, is to really be a place for community to come and explore, discover new things, um, uh, support indie authors and local authors. So we do as much of that as we can. Yeah, and... I assume you've got a diversity of customers. You you have your everyday kind of local regulars, and then you have tourists and out-of-towners and all of that. Oh, yes, especially this time of year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we all know what the traffic situation looked like recently. Um, yeah, so we have a great um, supportive community of uh, local residents who come and shop for birthday presents and Christmas presents. And then, um, of course, we get tourists that want to visit a, a cute little Vermont bookstore. <laughs> 
And how do they find you? I mean, Waterbury is a, a beautiful little town, but it's not a traditional main street um, in some senses, a downtown with connected stores, and you're a little bit off the beaten path. Is that challenging at all or not? It doesn't seem to be. Yeah. Um, this weekend, actually, I had a couple people that specifically said they found us on Instagram. Wow. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, go figure. And um, we... You know, we are, we're in the discovery maps, those kind of cartoony maps that are in a lot of the right, um, the restaurants. And yeah, stuff. exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're in the Discover Watery Guide. We're in the Mad River Guide. So, you know, anybody that's looking for some place to go and kind of check out something, browse, uh, they can find us. And do people kind of hang out? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so much to look at and so many titles to check out. Yeah. That, yeah, people, I would say people spend an average of 20 to 30 minutes looking around and deciding on what they're going to read next. Yeah, yeah. Do you ever, can you look at somebody coming in and go, they're going to eventually buy this type of book? (laughs) Are you that good yet? No, I I, (laughs) can't. I do know what our regulars read, so sometimes a book will come in that I've ordered from the publisher, and I'm like, oh, you know, Rob would really love this book, and I'll just put it aside, and the next time he's in, you know, hand it to him. Obviously, there's never any pressure to buy, if but I'm getting to know over the last three uh, years kind of what my regulars read, which is a really fun benchmark to have arrived at. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's great. And I'm thinking back, I, when I was probably 19 or so, I read, uh, Steinbeck's In Dubious Battle, which is not one of his most known no, books, not at all. but I loved it. And I then read every Steinbeck book I could get my hands on. Awesome. And I loved it. And, and of course, nowadays things like Janet Ivanovich with, she's got like, 30 mm-hmm. books in one series. And so do you have that type of reader too? Right? Oh, yes. We have um, Paul Doran is a Maine writer. He writes about a game warden in Maine, and his series is very popular. Um, Louise Penny, her uh, Gamanche series, which has now been turned into a TV series. Um, she lives just over the border in Quebec. And her series, she's at book, oh gosh, maybe. 14 now. Um, that's hugely popular. Oh, goodness. Chris Bojalian, who actually doesn't write in a series, but all of his books are completely different from one another, and people just love him. And he's um, a local author in Vermont. He's down yeah. in the Middlebury area. My daughter uh, was hooked on Rick Reardon. Mm-hmm, of course. And read it all, everything, and actually have been to a couple shows, uh, so kind yes. of excited about that. Uh, so um, coming up, you just had the Spooky Tales, which sounded sold out, uh, which is really cool, which means there is interest. Um, and then I see Reindeer Rendezvous in December. <laughs> What's that about? <laughs> uh, so this will be year three for that. There is a Vermont reindeer farm up in the Northeast Kingdom, and they have real-life reindeer that they bring to town. We close the parking area in front of the bookstore, and they set up there. You can't touch them. It's not a petting zoo, but you get to look at them and ask the um, ask questions about 
anything reindeer related. Wow. Yeah. So this is we last year we estimate we had between 400 and 500 people visit over the three or four hour period that they were here. That's amazing. Yeah, it's really, really. As an adult, seeing the reindeer come off the trailer is pretty. So magical. they don't fly in. They, they don't. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess they've got them. They don't. But um, yeah, so that's sponsored by a bunch of area businesses. Um, so we all share the cost in bringing them into town, which is really awesome. It is amazing. And then um, One Town, One Book? One Town, One Book was something we started last year. It's not a new uh, concept. There's a lot of places that do something similar where they pick one book and try and get the whole community to read. Vermont actually does it for the state. Um, it started, I believe, in Chicago, I want to say 10 or 15 years ago, but it had never been done in Waterbury. And last year we had a wonderful book to kick it off. It was called The Treehouse on Dog River Road by Catherine Drake, who actually, she was here in the studio with me and Rick. Mm. Um, it takes place in Waterbury. It's a fiction book. Um, it references a lot of places in town. So it was just the perfect kickoff. And we had about 350 people in the community reading it. We had bookers reading it. We did an event with her at the end of the season. So that was year one. This year, we went to nonfiction and chose a book called Vermont Perspectives by Anne Averett. That is a collection of essays she wrote over the last 20 odd years just about observations of living here or the people the land it you know short essays it was really um a wonderful choice unfortunately she passed away in july so mm. we obviously won't be able to have an event with her but she was tickled that we picked her book <laughs> oh, so exciting i want to talk more about that we are talking with Katja D'Angelo. She's the owner of Bridgeside Books, this amazing bookstore here in Waterbury. What a treasure to have locally. If you haven't been in there, this is the place to go. And tomorrow, Katja, you've got, or there is a, a big event, uh, Rootstock Publishing Evening. Yes. Uh, Rootstock Publishing is a publishing company based in Montpelier. And uh, they have a number of books coming out from Vermont authors in the last uh, couple months. So three of their Vermont authors will be with us, along with the owner of the publishing company, Samantha Colber, to answer questions about publishing. Um, they'll be reading from their books. They'll be there to answer questions, to do signings. Um, we're really excited about it. So the books are Reason to Run, The Funny Moon, Attic of Dreams, and the authors Mike Maglugio, Chris Lincoln, and Marilyn Webb from uh, Cornwall, Thetford, and Shelburne. So they're coming, converging onto Waterbury for this event. So it's really got some um, diverse appeal, right? So you might want to be writing a book. And, yeah, and, exactly. And, exactly. and you see that it actually can happen. It can. Yeah, two of these are fiction books. One is a memoir, so uh, it's a pretty diverse range. And, um, yeah, it's free, open to the public. It starts at 530. And that's at your store? That is at Bridgeside tomorrow the 17th. Okay, great. And that's a free event mm -hmm. for the public? It is, yeah. we are. Most of our author events are free for anyone to come in. Um, we do have some ticketed events like the Spooky Tales, but we try and balance. Yeah. Yeah. So the 
when I went to a Vermont Writers Workshop uh, a few months back, one of the things that they were talking about, the one of the uh, agents or, or you know publishing person was talking about how people come in, they look at the cover of a book, they check and see who the author is, they flip it over and look at the back, and then they go to page one and start reading a little bit. Hmm. Uh, yeah, that happens. I, I mean, we like to say don't judge a book by its cover, <laughs> but we all do, including booksellers. <laughs> so, uh, uh, not so secret secret. Um, yeah, you know, the cover's got to grip you. The blurb on the back has to grip you. It's got to, in a very short, you know, period or uh, very short space, uh, tell you what the whole book is about and and draw you in um and people do i've heard people read the first page sometimes they also read the last page Mm. which is very interesting Mm. (laughs) that uh i wouldn't do that personally yep neither uh but you're right i mean you really mark there's a lot of marketing involved Mm -hmm. but also the the agent was sort of suggesting that because she had seen thousands of submissions Mm -hmm that it wouldn't take her but a sentence or two to either toss it or read on. Totally, yeah. I mean, content is one thing, but you've also got the writing style, you know, short sentences, long sentences. I mean, Dickens is famous for the, like, longest first sentence, you know. And if the writing style doesn't jive with you, you're not going to want to read the whole book. You also remind me of... uh, in. Uh, what was it? Uh, Intruder in the Dust is uh, Faulkner. And there's one of these, you know, four page sentences. <laughs> you know, it's like, whoa. Yeah. And some people love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some don't. Yeah. Well, you know, it brings up this sort of social issue, too, of with all the, you know, the the computer stuff that. We've talked, we've talked on the show about how people's attention span is so much less. Is that, how does that equate in the book world? Or- That's a good question. Um, I don't know that I've really seen, at least in my short time in, with this industry, uh, a huge shift. It's not like we're, more short story collections are coming out or I've had an increased ask for them. Um, plenty of giant 600 page books are still being published. People are reading them. Um, uh, the fourth wing is one of them. Um, iron flame is the next in the series. And I mean, those are hefty books. Mm. Um, fourth wing is 528 pages and it's been selling gobs and gobs. Um, it does seem genre-based, though. More fantasy books are a lot longer than your typical mystery thriller. Yeah. So I don't know really what that says about it all. But And are there uh, – I mean, you you get – you're like in the candy store, right? You, there's everything at your reach. Are there some books right now that just totally excite you that you, you – can excite our listeners too? Oh, yeah. Um, oh, gosh, where do I start? Okay, so first, I guess I'll, I'll prep this with um, I read mostly nonfiction. 
So I just finished an advanced copy of Jack Kelly's God Save Benedict Arnold. Wow. He wrote a couple years ago, he came out with a book called Valcor about the Battle of Valcor Island right in Champlain. He himself lives just on the other side of the lake. And this book is about Benedict Arnold, the man, before he became a traitor. I knew nothing about him. I just knew that he betrayed the American Revolution and that was it. But getting to the human behind that was very, very interesting. And um, turns out he actually hung out with Ethan Allen. <laughs> so amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like it's made up, but it isn't. No, not it, at all. It's not real. All. And you think of Lake Champlain, uh, Rock Dunder was named because it, it got uh, cannonballed all night. And then in the morning, that's allegedly they said, oh, it's a rock by Dunder, not a ship. And, yeah. Yeah. The, the details are incredible. It just brings the whole era, the wilderness, everything to life. Um, so I'm really excited about that one. That comes out in December. Um, we've got the sequel to Fourth Wing, Iron Flame. That's coming out in early November. That's um, already got pre-orders for. And then um, at the end of this month, the uh, called Being Henry by Henry Winkler. It's his memoir, mm. which I read. And very down-to-earth guy, just amazingly relatable for being a celebrity. Yeah. I don't read a lot of celebrity memoirs, but something about this one just, I don't know, grabbed me. And um, he actually is an author himself. He talks about his dyslexia. It's just uh, very readable. And yeah, I hope maybe he comes in. Maybe he hears this and comes into my store. <laughs> well, he should. And he was really sort of a surprise star on the TV show. Yes, totally. He talks about that. And he talks about being typecast and... When um, the ratings started to decline, they wanted to make him the main character. And then he went to um, uh, his co-stars and was like, this doesn't feel right to me. What, you know, how are you feeling about this? And they all kind of agreed that's not really what the show's about. And um, yeah, and him and Ron Howard have been fast friends since the day. They're still friends now. Yeah. So, yeah, I highly recommend that, especially um, gift for the holidays, family members. Yeah, well, books are a perfect gift, and gift certificates are a perfect gift to a bookstore. Totally, yeah. <laughs> we can do that. Yeah. Um, so do you sleep? <laughs> uh, that's a good question. Yes, most nights after about 20 minutes of reading. Okay. <laughs> it just... To run a business in and of itself is is like running a farm or running, you know, whatever. Totally. I, I do sleep. I don't have very many actual days off when I'm – I might not be in the bookstore that day, but I'm thinking about something or I'm handling something or I'm looking at books or, you know. So. Yeah, for sure. And – there's been a lot of uh, challenge with small business owners getting help and, you know, staying open and all of that, which – how has it been for you? Honestly, I mean, we were lucky that we weren't affected by the flood, which was, you know, I'm grateful every day. Um, you know, the COVID stuff, interestingly, I was not eligible for any of it because I was a new business owner in the midst of it. So – you know, I know that there are resources out there. We, I'm incredibly lucky to have 
a hugely supportive community who values small businesses, who wants to shop local, who likes coming into the store and discovering new books. Um, you know, we can obviously special order when people want a specific thing, but, yeah. you know, it's really a curated collection and uh, people really appreciate that. Well, and very friendly when, when I came in the other day, you know, you just get welcomed there in such a nice way and it feels good. It's like cheers, right? The bar. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. We, we do well, we can at this point welcome a number of people by name, which is nice. really, really fun. <laughs> that is awesome. So a few more book events. We only have about two, two more minutes, but I see you've got Madeline Cunin, which, uh, certainly a, a well-known name in, Across Vermont. Absolutely. Yeah. She's coming on the 24th, uh, another Tuesday uh, at 530. Again, free and open to the public. She's got a new collection of poetry out. She had one uh, published two years ago, I think. And this is her her second one um, or I don't actually know. She might have more. Um, but and she just turned 90, too. Wow. So. <laughs> wow. It's like a whole lot of celebration happening. It's that. I'll be curious to see that because it's sort of, you know, is it just uh, looking at trees or is it is it socially driven or do you know? It's it's much more um, related to finding serenity in an older age, uh -huh. finding unexpected love, um, appreciating the simple joys, you know, what it means to be a woman on the eve of of 90 years of life, a feminist, politician, mother, all that. Whoa. Poured into this book. Yeah. Well, you should, you great, should be her spokesperson. <laughs> that's the great thing about poetry is that you can really make it what you want. Yeah. And then uh, on the 28th, uh, Vermonter J.L. Dorona. Yeah, we have two Saturday signings coming up. The October 21st is Carla Solomon, and then the 28th is um, J.L. Dorona. They both write middle reader, uh, spooky you know, thriller stories. So they will be on hand to sign copies. Awesome. So we've had uh, a nice hour here with uh, Katja D'Angelo. She is the owner of uh, Bridgeside Books here in Waterbury, right on Stowe Street on the on the corner near the bridge. If you haven't been in there, it's just a, an amazing store. If you want to go and see the world, you can do it right here from Waterbury, Vermont. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you so much, Brad. This is Brad Ferlin, uh, Vermont Viewpoint, WDEV. We'll be back after this.